Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 30 plus years of service. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're flying back into the danger zone when I had Devin and Ryan watch Top Gun Maverick for the first time. Um... Last time we saw each other, we were all in the same room eating all kinds of different treats. Uh, (laughs) So if you've not seen that episode, go check that out. Um, Sound quality was weird on it, but meh. Meh, it's what you get. It it was the the content, not the quality that mattered. Um, Exactly. So uh, before we get into the the show proper, Devin, how was your trip back? I'm sure we're going to talk about it a bit later, but we literally have to talk about it. But my trip back was great. Uh, I got upgraded to business class for the first time in my life. And now I'm a fancy boy and will never not ride business class. Nice. So it was wonderful. All right, cool. I know we're going to talk about it a bit more later. So uh, let's get into our segment that we do here at the top of the show, where we talk about things that we've watched over the past week that we want to talk about, and I think the first one is something that we all watched because it was like three minutes long, and I told us all to watch it, which was <laughs> yeah. the Studio Studio Ghibli Disney Lucasfilm co- collab, um, Zen, Grugu, and the mm-hmm. Dust Bunnies. Uh, Devin, you missed this conversation before the show. I said to Ryan, I might cut this because I don't really have much to say. It was fine. It was fine. Right? It was fine. I wish I had more to say about it. It like I already love Studio Ghibli. It didn't make me love Studio Ghibli anymore. I mm-hmm. always already think Grogu's a fine character. I don't think he's any more or less fine. Yeah. Ryan? I wouldn't I wouldn't even go that deep into it. This was just, hey, one studio sent over music, another studio sent over some line drawings, they put it on a background and boom, three minutes. That's literally all it was. I was upset, actually. Yeah. Were you upset about it? I wanted one of us to have like a real big hot take, like, well, I, well that's not what a Jedi training should be, or this I doesn't serious, fit in the canon no, 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 of something. No, 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 no. I knew that it wasn't going to be canon. I didn't care about it not being canon. In fact, what I wanted was Grogu helping the suit balls throw the coal into the furnace. I okay. thought, th- I thought that this was going to go down that way, but instead, it was some like Fantasia thing. It could have been, you know, you know those fireplaces that you put on for Christmas? This wasn't even that good. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I could put that on like that. Like, if this no. was looped for an hour, I would do that. I I would throw my TV out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine for what it is. It's just, yeah. I think yeah. you going into it as much as you did gives it too much credit for what it actually is. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it might also not have been made for us, yeah. to be entirely honest. <laughs> Um, speaking of Star Wars things, which I did not pull, Devin, have you started Andor yet? I haven't, but Ryan messages me every day about watching Andor. I, take I need to watch Andor. Of non-spoiler comments that people make on Facebook, of of memes that are non-spoiler, but mm-hmm. drive the point home that Devin needs to watch it, and I send him this stuff every single day, and I tag it with "Watch Andor." Devin, <laughs> I I've got two words that'll make you watch it. <clears throat> what are they? Andy Circus. Oh, oh! Does he oh, look I, like Andy Circus? Did, did I did I say Andy Circus? Oh. I meant Saul Guerrero. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, actually, no, no both both. And Andy Circus is in it, and he it, he's playing a human. He's not playing Snoke. Uh, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So I mean, look, if it maybe I even like Saul Guerrero more this time. Maybe I just didn't understand who he was 
when I saw him in Rogue One. Now that I'm a mature adult, or anything maybe else I'll like shown it more. Up and since Rogue That's, One, oh, I saw him in the video game. That doesn't yeah. count. Nailed it. No, they, they, he just shows up in everything now. Why? Like, if George Lucas is still in charge, he'd probably put Saul Gurira in the prequels. What they need to do is do a. What they need to do is make a Andor type show for Saul Guerrero, which I would not be surprised if they're actively work, work, working on. I, I don't, don't think want they, to see that. I don't think they need to because he shows up in everything. I think they're sh- showing his story arc at so many different um, points to like show you this progression of this character over time because he's in Rebels. He's in he's in Clone Wars. Like that's where the character came from originally. Yeah. So. You have him in Clone Wars. He shows up in Rebels. He shows up in Andor. He shows up in Fallen Order. He's probably going to show up in the sequel to Fallen Order. Then you have him in Andor and Rogue One. So, I I mean, I don't think he's going to show up anything post-Rogue One for reasons, but... um, (laughs) Oh, he'll be there. Don't you worry. I I need more than that for him. Like, I like the character. I don't have any problems with him showing up and stuff. I just need more besides a quick one-minute scene in a bunch of different things like i want an actual concrete storyline of like what drives him to the point where like the actual like rebel alliance wants nothing to do with him like i want to see that i want to see that progression between him working with them to where like he's a pariah like i want to see that progression his hatred of the empire is just too strong He's just a loose cannon. It's all that. It's just going to be that. And I don't yeah, need a whole no, series. No, 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 for that. no, no. You are setting yourself. You are setting yourself up for for not liking something that could be great. Because Devin, you you always do this. You never you know learn me too from well. your mistakes. You never <laughs> you never ever learn from your mistakes, and you're proving it right um, now. Thanks for the therapy lesson, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. right, but thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I've got something for. Um, we watch this. I don't Let's know do if you it. can tell. I, I don't know if you can tell from my background, but I saw Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, I can barely notice it. Right yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. If you can tell. <laughs> He's holding a hook up, by the way. Of, yeah, of I forgot. Where this is also an audio podcast. So right. Yay, visual jokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw Wakanda Forever this weekend. Uh, it's it's good. It's probably the yeah. best Marvel movie that came out this year. Um, maybe not my favorite, but probably the best. Uh, they do a very good job of paying tribute to T'Challa and Chadwick yeah. Boseman while continuing the story with new, new characters and new storylines. Um, and I just did a review for it on victims and villains. So you can go listen to my full review there. Um, yeah. Any questions about Wakanda forever? Yeah. I mean, when does it start streaming on Disney plus and why is it tomorrow? It, it it's not tomorrow. Uh, I I want to watch it real bad. I just don't know that I'm going to get out to the cinema for it. So I'm just waiting for it to come on Disney Plus because I heard it's good. I heard it's good. I heard they do T'Challa well. Yeah. The cinema. The cinema. You're not even back for a week and you're already starting to talk like them again. Take he a mesh, sip of my tea. He, he sends us a message before we start saying, I'm going to be a minute. I'm making tea. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. Tea's nice. I'm sorry. You're still an American citizen. Act like it. You're still an American. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> but, yeah, I enjoyed it. If you do go see Good. it, there is a mid-credit scene. No post-credit, mm. so. Is it, okay, hold on. I Without spoiling, is it more of like Julia Louis-Dreyfus shows up and is like, hey, want to be in my B squad? And they go, okay. And then she walks away and that's it? Um... In the in the mid credit scene, no. Is it in the movie itself? She's actually in the movie. Yeah. Ugh. Slight spoilers right. for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. You find out that she was married to um, Martin Freeman's character. Oh, that's what their subplot is. I heard their yeah. subplot was was not worth it. It wasn't, but it, <laughs> it, it was fun to like have him, them together. I guess like yeah, it's neat. Yeah, those are two people I know um, or recognize. Fun. It was it was nice that actually seeing that character have real screen time though, because everything else was just like cameos. Here she, she here she was actually in at least two minutes of the movie. So <laughs> like Saw Gerrera. Gross. Don't bring that up again. We're done. No more Saw Gerrera. Um. Yeah. 
Um, Ryan, you had something. Yes. yes uh, Inside Man on Netflix is excellent. Uh, Kristen and I are two episodes into it at the moment. Um, oh, man, I had the actor's name on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Stanley Tucci? Uh, thank you. Stanley Tucci oh. plays pretty much Take Monk. And the, mm-hmm. and the concept of Monk is that this guy who's a detective loses his wife develops a mental health issue that lets him solve crimes like a superhero pretty much oh turn that on its head his wife is dead but he's Mm -hmm. on death row (laughs) and he and um and because of his abilities he helps people solve crimes that fits his criteria from jail um there it this is probably the first time i'm i'm ever actually going to say this because i finally understand it the writing is amazing. Okay. The script, the writing, I've this is this is the first time I'm bringing anything like that up because I've always felt like I was never qualified enough to actually make that statement. Um, but the wit and the storyline itself is absolutely amazing. Uh, there's stuff in there's a like half the plot has has to do with a certain thing has to do because with a certain subject I'm not going to talk about on here. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that it would make a great SVU ep, uh, um, special victims unit episode. Uh, yes. But it it's, I highly recommend it. Stanley Tucci at Stanley, Stanley Tucci's best. I think when it comes to like a short run series. Oh, and I love him. So I'm excited to watch this one. I yeah. have so much to watch. So I don't know that I'll get to it, but it sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, well, did, it is really good. We didn't mention, did you mention the uh, David Tennant of it all? Ryan, you're talking to me. Why did you not lead with that? I I, I, I know Stanley Tucci. I don't know who David Tennant is. Who's who, who's that? He's he's the 10th, uh, he's, I was going to say he's the 10th Doctor, but he's the 10th and 14th Doctor. <laughs> uh, that means nothing to me. Yeah. The tall, oh. skinny British man, oh. probably. You know, Devin for his miss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. No, he's great in this. He has a great, uh, a great storyline so yeah. far in two episodes. Devin, so. for as much as Ryan tries to get you to watch Star Trek, I think you need to return that with uh, Doctor Who. With Doctor Who, I think so. I think I think we now need a two way um, here. But yeah, uh, Devin, you watched a movie on your flight home that I, I want to talk three about. Three movies. Yes. I the first one I have up is Confess Fletch. I was so shocked and pumped to see this movie because it's one of the things that I forgot, com- I heard about, completely forgot about, and then was just clicking through the airplane movies and went, oh, right, this movie. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's essentially a, a story of a detective. I'm not going to say too much more than that. Uh, played by John Hamm, who's the guy that does Mad Men. Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so I'm going to make you both watch it at some point. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the Fletch series at all? Not even a little bit. Okay. I didn't even know it was based on anything until you said something right now. It's based on a series of books that they've okay. made movies of before in the 70s or 80s starring Chevy Chase. Weird. Okay. Yeah. And so Kevin, this is a remake. Kevin Smith was going to make a Fletch movie called Fletch Lives. or. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was gonna make a Fletch movie in like the early two thousands with Jason Lee. Oh. Um, but when I saw that this was actually made, I was like, oh, that somebody actually made another Fletch movie. Uh, I'm excited to see this. I've never seen a Fletch movie. I I'm intrigued by them from what I've heard about the stories. So yeah. Well, the only thing I know about this going into it is that specifically. In the middle of filming, they ran out of money or, like, they, like, pulled their funding. So John Hamm, like, cut off a portion of his paycheck and went, fine, I'm funding the rest of this movie. Yeah. And, and I knew the, that, like, this was his passion. And then the director was like, well, if he's going to do it, I guess I should do that, too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but then they all got paid anyway, so. Well, of course. But, I no, I loved this movie. I'm going to make you all watch it because it's just such a good dry wit the whole time. It's such a fun watch. I love okay. it. Okay. And then you also had uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Yeah, y'all are watching this. Uh, it, I don't even want to tell you what it's about. How much do you guys know about it? I know it's Jordan Peele, and I know it. it's got um, like horses. 
fair. All right. I'm telling I, you no more. What, what, I, what I do know is they shot this during the day, and it's yep. mostly set at night. And yeah, you know, it, it wasn't – yeah. And I think they – I've used them as the example – of day for night working where it, yes. and, and then I use house of dragons as day for night, not working. So <laughs> I, you can't really tell that it's shot during the day or yeah, shot during the day. Cause I didn't know and didn't notice. And I'm usually pretty good about picking up on stuff like that. I love this movie. I love Jordan Peele. I would watch anything that he does except for that twilight zone series. Cause he put it on a weird station uh, but I'd watch anything that came from him, and I'm going to make you watch this, and I'm going to make all of you watch it, and I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. So, sorry, guys, if you're watching well, it. I'll keep the suspense for Alan, because I unintentionally know everything about it. <laughs> Do you know what NOPE stands for? I read a giant spoiler comment on it, like, a few months ago, so... Get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Get out. I didn't mean to. It just popped up on one of the comment sections I was on. And my eyes just kept reading. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> uh, so that you said you watched three films on it on the plane. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the third one. Shall we? <laughs> we have to, yeah. Uh, let's get into today's main topic: the uh, long-awaited by some people, uh, Top Gun Maverick, starring Tom Cruise, uh, Miles Teller, and Jennifer Conley. Um, the reason we are watching that this this week is because this is. The year's wrapping up. Thanksgiving's next week. So I want to start going through some of my favorite movies of the year that you guys haven't, I know you guys haven't seen. And this was at the top of my list for reasons that we'll get into. Um, so this is a movie that kind of took the block box office by storm this summer. Um, and I did not. So the movie came out. I need to pull up IMDb because I forgot to. Um, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but this mo- this is a movie that came out early summer that I did not see until September. Uh, wow. Just because I never got around to it. Like, I saw Lightyear in theaters before I saw this. Um, that was a choice. It was the wrong choice. <laughs> um, this was released. Oh, they used to have it somewhere. They keep moving things on me. Um, yeah, I saw this in September as part of a double feature. I think I talked about this on the show before, um, but I saw this in the theaters. It was me and, um, a grandmother and like her seven year old grandson. Uh, (laughs) that was it. Cause it was a matinee showing on a weekend. Um, theater was almost completely empty. I thought I had it to myself, but I did Mm. not. Um, I'm so glad I got to see this on the big screen. And I'm part of what we're going to talk about today is what, what your guys' experience was watching this on at home or on a plane. Um, <laughs> but this is one that I wanted. If I was going to see it, I wanted to see it on the big screen. Cause I think it would do it more justice. And I think that's part of the reason I enjoyed it so much was having it on the big screen. I remember when I saw Dr. Strange in screen X, they did the screen X preview for this. So when you're in the cockpit, you get the, the, the walls being like what you see on the outside of the plane. And, um, yeah, that was, that made me want to go see it in screen X. And I, that's why part of the reason I held off on so for so long is because it, I wanted to see it in that format and it just didn't happen. So, uh, Ryan, what was, how was your viewing experience with Top Gun Maverick? I watched it at home. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I didn't have to deal with a grandmother and her seven year old grandchild. <laughs> uh, I forgot to Were mention they... I forgot to mention to you guys when I saw Black Panther this weekend, I had to deal with an infant in the theater. Why so, would someone bring an infant into the theater? That's a very good question and I did not find out. They're gonna miss the subtlety of Martin Freeman's acting choices. He's not that subtle. Uh, <laughs> then he caught all of it. Got it. Yes. Um, okay. You have a pretty decent setup at home. So did it feel yeah. like you were, did you get the I, impact of it? I was good. I don't, I mean, like seeing it on, see, seeing it in theaters would have been cool. Like it definitely mm-hmm. would have been cool to see, but I'm, I am happy with seeing it at home. 
uh, I've got that sound system. So, I mean, you know that yeah. I, you know, <laughs> that uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm good when it comes to that. Uh, but I mean, it was good. Uh, the experience was fine. I mean, I was able to pause it when I had to pause it. <laughs> yeah, so. I think I think this is the first time in the show's history that one of us is making the that you made us watch the original. You yeah. did. And, and I'm making you watch the sequel. I think that's the first time this has happened on the show. Yeah. Like one of us coming right. back with a sequel. So that's true. Cause usually we stick with it yeah. like individually, like I'll make you watch both. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to, we're going to get into what your thoughts are on this compared to the original Ryan, because that yeah. was your pick and Devin, mm-hmm. because you've seen it too. Uh, but <laughs> Devin, I've been dying to know how was watching top gun on a plane. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I don't want to, I, I'm just going to talk about the end of the movie because I absolutely have to to tell you this. During the end dogfight, when it's... Do you care if I mention the two airplanes involved? No. no. Fine. It's it's Tom Cruise in his old airplane uh, against the two, like, M5s or whatever, the two modern ones. Freaking, we hit turbulence <laughs> in the middle of that scene, and it was bad turbulence. And part of me was like, I should turn the movie off. And the other part's like, wait. This is amazing. And it kind of was. It was like the best possible way to watch that scene. Mm-hmm. I loved it and would recommend it. I mean, you know, and you also had the thing where like when they're up in the sky, if you look to the left, there's the sky. And it wasn't really 4D because there was like a guy on my right on his cell phone. But whatever, <laughs> because the sky was on my left and it totally worked. Did, did the I, guy at um, least ha- did the guy at least have a weird mustache? No, he kept okay. forgetting that there was a camera, like that his his phone has a flashlight function. So once every couple of seconds, I'd get like hit with his flashlight. It was weird. Okay. Thanks, guy. By the yeah. way. So did you. you like time it with the takeoff for the music? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I absolutely should have. No, I was already up in the air. Okay. I like. I was debating if I should watch it like in the middle or like towards the end, and I like, just take off. I was like, no. You were already. It. You were already in the danger zone. I was in the danger zone. I love it. Um, so part of the reason they, I want to talk about the, our experiences with this is like this movie was supposed to come out in 2020. Uh, right. And it didn't because of COVID. Tom Cruise was very adamant that this was not going straight to streaming. They were saving this for when the theaters opened. And it got pushed back a few times. Um, let me pull. Um, so I... Being the only one to have seen it on the big screen, Devin, did you feel like you lost anything watching? How big was the screen that you watched it on on your plane? Did you feel like you missed anything or missed out? So, no, it's a good question. So since I was in um, in business class, the screen was actually bigger than like the standard like seat back, like little cell phone screen you get. It was about the size of my laptop. I'm sure I missed out on some of like the nuancey stuff. And I'm sure like if I'd seen it in a theater, like some of the scenes, especially when they do like the flips and they do that one like helix maneuver, like that probably would have made me like feel like something in the pit of my stomach. I definitely didn't get that, but those aren't the parts I loved about the movie. So I didn't feel like I, mi- I missed much. I feel like people would think they did. I see how the, the big screen would really enhance this movie. Ryan, how about you? Are you happy with how you watched it? Because I know you've got a little bit of a better setup than somebody watching this at home on their their uh, Apple Watch. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, like it, it's one of those things where it's like a theater would have been cooler. It would have, but I don't feel like I really missed out, and I don't like regret it. So you can take it for that. Yeah. So when I when I watched it at home, because I straight I went out and bought the Blu-ray. Uh, when I watched it at home, I was looking forward to cranking up the sound system and watching this, but it was a little bit too late at night for me to do that. So I ended up putting in, putting on the headphones and watching it that way. Still good. I just turned them up as loud as I could and felt the same. Um, there's just some really good, like good cinematography in this that I enjoyed, especially with that opening test flight. Like I really enjoyed some of the stuff they did with that flight and showing it over the the skyline and just the the effects of that just felt looked really good on on the screen i bet i mean a lot of the effects and a lot of the shots in this movie were just phenomenal i mean yeah i i agree 
I mm-hmm. we'll have to talk about a few more, but I completely agree. Yeah, the the scene you're talking about specifically, I I love the fact that they're actually showing them still trying to test out, you know, like the pretty much like a 10G plane to try to get, you know, 10Gs out of it. And just that whole setup of that opening scene. Like, like, yeah, I could see, I could definitely see this is where Maverick would have ended up. If, yeah. you know, he, you know, still stayed a captain and he didn't move up the ranks. Like, I could definitely see him being, you know, like the top test pilot in the country. Mm-hmm. And it was also nice to see tiny little things like having the little cartoon skunk on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, on, on the tail fin for it. Cause that, that skunk works. That's, 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 uh. Lockheed Martin. Oh, yeah, is it? See, the, the the cartoon skunk that's on one of the tail fins of that like 10G plane at the beginning, mm-hmm. that was on the SR-71 Blackbird. The Oh, wow. So, and that came from that department of Lockheed Martin. So it was kind of like a wink to be like, hey, this is one of these like top secret planes that, you know, the government said the 70s was, oh, no, it's it's nothing. You're you're seeing UFOs. It's a weather balloon. Yeah, yeah. It's a weather balloon. So it's the tiny little things like that about this movie I absolutely love. Like they didn't shy away from any of that. And you can clearly tell that the Department of Defense had a hand in this as well <laughs> oh yeah they spent a lot of time working with the the navy in this uh just on the aircraft carrier just like the first one yeah um but i don't have all the details from that in front of me um so was there anything in this movie that made you guys go like okay this was worth the sequel all of it every second of it there okay. wasn't a second of this movie that i thought was they they did enough callbacks to the first one, and they did enough like eh eh the first one that like you do in a sequel. But like at no point did I think that like this wasn't worth watching. I think that anybody that watches like Top Gun for the first time, I would recommend watching this movie almost immediately after. This is now part of it for me. Well, it it they go the right direction with Maverick's character because mm-hmm. no one, I mean, like no one wants to see Tom Cruise's character behind a desk, pushing pencils. And I'm just going to say it like Iceman was like, no one wants to see that out of Maverick. Mm-hmm. And so the only part that I thought was kind of cheesy was when he walked out of his Airstream trailer in an airplane hangar. And there's like a P and there's a, um, a P 51 Mustang that he's restoring and I'm like, oh, can you get any more Hollywood and cheesy? Like, this is like gone in 60 seconds type stuff. But that's yeah. like, but, but I mean, to show you how good this movie is, that's the only real cheesy part that I can even point out is like that five second, like camera pan of like him living in an Airstream trailer in an air, in a hangar, mm. restoring a World War II fighter plane. Like, that's the cheesiest thing that this movie does. <laughs> Did you have a feeling, Alan? I I was presently surpri- pleasantly surprised by most of this. Like I, when I first heard like, okay, there's a Top Gun sequel, and then they like the trailer plays the music. Oh, okay. But yeah. then I saw like I kept hearing good things about it. I'm like, it can't be this good. Like it's got to be. It's just got to be stupid. Like right. And then I saw. It, I was like, no, it kind of works. Like it <laughs> it works so well. Um, and it kind of gave me a bit of like a tiny bit of respect for Tom Cruise for being yeah. so adamant uh, and like using his power to be like, no, you're not putting this on a streaming service. We are saving this for when the theaters reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason like this movie is so good. Cause it is a return to the movies. Like this is the second movie since COVID to reach a billion dollars. Uh, wow. And guess is what the other one was. Also stars a was Tom. Spider-Man. 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 Um, and this is the first movie of Tom Cruise's career to, to gross a billion dollars at the box office. Is it really? Yeah. I That's mean, I'm sure surprising. I'm sure if you add up all the Mission Impossibles, they get close, but. Yeah. Yeah, but not Vanilla Sky. Please tell me that's a joke. Of course it is. Okay. Um, you can also add eyes wide open to that one too. <laughs> Gross. I won't. 
But I, I think the like even though there's such a big time gap between the films, I think it works for the story. Like it doesn't seem forced. Um, because the so, I, yeah, go ahead. Go, go, no, you go ahead. No, well, so to to piggyback off that point, literally the opening of it is the opening of the first one, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be Mister Cynical Devin, and I just went, I sat in my seat, and went, hmm, they're just doing the opening of the first one, but it looks better, <laughs> and. Like halfway through, my cold heart just melted. And I go, I don't care. I love it. Is it and then, is, yeah. Did it? Did you stop being cynical once Danger Zone started playing? It was even before Danger Zone. They like the second plane left the carrier. I'm like, I'm on board. And then when they like, when they were like, oh, General so and so, the drone man. I'm like, oh, this is just gonna be a plot about how pilots are blah blah blah. And and it. It wasn't, and I was still on board. It was every time the movie tried to do something that Cynical Devin wanted to pop up in, it just got batted right down. Like, it works so well. I hate it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So I think we're going to take the, uh, the uh, bonk dog with the baseball bat and change its meaning for Devin being cynical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Just get bonked every time. It's fair. Yeah. Um, so this movie had 36 years between uh, sequels. Wow. Um, Blade Runner had 35. Um, Tron had 28. So yeah, that it's not often you get sequels like this with that far in between. But character-wise, it works because you have Maverick returning and you also have Goose's son, yeah. Rooster, returning in this. What did you guys think of their dynamic? Because it's like the the focal point of the film is how they interact with each other. What did you think, Ryan? I thought it was great. I, I had no issue with that. Again, this goes into, like, this is realism. You have a kid who basically, you know, one, has a lot of resentment for Maverick because his dad died under his protection. One and then two, they explain that Tom Cruise, I mean Maverick, at the request of you know Rooster's mother, which I know I'm using his call sign, but whatever. Um, they they use they use they use the term pulled his papers to prevent him from getting into the Air Force Academy or into the Naval Academy, um, and so you've got two layers of resentment going. So it, all of the like laser glances, like halfway through the first part of the movie was totally warranted. You, you completely get it. And it takes a lot for them to come around. And I absolutely love that by the end of the movie, they are, they have the same relationship that him and goose had pretty much inside that plane, which was great. Well, what I loved was at the core of that was a choice for Tom Cruise or for uh, for Maverick, where, where it was, you know, do I let him go on this probably suicide mission, the thing that I know he wants that he's capable of doing, or do I protect him, not let him go on the probably suicide mission, and just keep him safe at his own expense? Yeah. And that's yeah. a really compelling choice for me. And the whole time I was like, yeah, what do you do? Like, do you, like, sacrifice him hating you but to keep him safe? And I I loved that like so much. I hate his name though so Bruce, much too. Bruce, Bradley Bradshaw. Stop it. Name him anything else. Oh, that was all I, I got. I mean, it's my biggest I mean, complaint with the movie. Well, I mean, the thing is though, you're gonna have to go back and complain about the original writers of the first movie because that's where that was established. I don't remember them ever giving him a name. I just thought they were like, it's Little Goose, and I thought that was where they stopped. If you watch the credits, it's it's the same. Is it is it Bradshaw. actually Bradley Bradshaw? It, 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 yeah. it should be yes, if I remember correctly. It it definitely is, and there's there's a lot of stuff in in, in that. 
Yeah. And like uh Jennifer Conley's character. Um supposedly and I had to look this up because I had a feeling, but I had to look this up. Um, her character is supposed to be the Admiral's daughter that Meg Ryan talked about in the first one. Mm-hmm. Because Meg Ryan mentions, she was like, what about that Admiral's daughter you dated? And I think they mention a name, Peggy. And Penny, that's yeah. Penny. And that's her character in this. So, like, she's supposed to be that, you know, like, that character from the first one. Um which I'm happy they didn't go after after learning this. I'm happy they didn't go into that any further than just having it be like you know a hint if you've seen both movies because yeah. uh, the labyrinth came out the same year as the original Top Gun. Yep. So oh. she is eight years younger than Tom Cruise. So let's say character wise, Tom Cruise is a, is a 24 year old pilot, you know, like hotshot pilot in the in the Navy, Jennifer Conloy's eight years younger than Tom Cruise. So, I mean, 30 yeah. years later, the age difference isn't really that big of an issue. But back then, it kind of would have been. It, 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 <laughs> what, what was disturbing to me on the rewatch of this is like, I had that in the back of my mind after I saw the movie because I did the math. But th- yeah. then, like, when they introduce her, David Bowie's playing. So it's like, oh, yeah, yes. we know she was in Labyrinth. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do like, that math, moviegoer. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's Gross. like 14 in that movie. She's like 14, 15 years old in, in Labyrinth. Straight up did not realize that. I, um, I didn't do the math on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the 80s, man. It was... Uh, yeah. It was weird. It was a time. Yep. Uh, okay, so moving on to... Um, I want to talk a bit about the mission itself. Did... The mission remind you guys of anything in particular? Oh, you're talking the Death Star Trench Run, 100%. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm talking, like, balls-to-wall Donkey Kong, like, type video game crap Star Wars yes. stuff going on. Like, oh, yeah. As soon it, as he said, it's like the mission breaching, you've got to hit this exhaust port that's, like, three meters wide. The first thing I thought was Luke leaning over or one of the pilots going over, that's no bigger than a romp than a romp rat. <laughs> yeah. But it works. It does. Oh, it does work. Um, yeah, and, like, the, even even the, 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 the diagram that they show him, like, that John Hamm's like, I don't want you to have to do this, but here's what we got to do, like, um. Yeah, it's like so. This is Star Wars with uh with real planes. Got it. I don't know, and Sam's oh, instead of lasers. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, it's it's such a simple setup that like even like dummy me can understand it because they show you enough and they're like, here's why this is dangerous. Then here's why this is dangerous. And oh by the way, here's more danger. And they like it's such a simple concept that I really liked it because it was just Tom Cruise teaching a bunch of kids. Like, it didn't build up to the conflict in the same way as, like, here specifically is what you have to worry about for these characters at this time. And that helped the stakes at the end of the movie for me, I think. Yeah. Were there any moments in this with the flying that stood out to you guys? Yeah, for me, it was the the double helix move that he and Rooster do on their very (laughs) first dogfight. And then they, like... And then and they like what did they go, they went under the floor or under the yeah. like hard yeah. floor or whatever, which is just like the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, oh, let's see what you did there. There, there was one part that harkened back to the first one for me, mm-hmm. and that's when Maverick decided to um, fly up in between uh, Rooster and someone else, and yeah. literally be upside down. And that's a total callback to the first one where. Goose takes a Polaroid picture of the <laughs> enemy plane. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but, but then of course they go into a death spiral right after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think the moment the 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 sequence I like the most is the first training montage where they all have to do yeah. push-ups. Because that's mm-hmm. the sequence that I saw in front of Doctor Strange in Screen X. And like every time I see that, like it's just really well paced and edited. Um, I saw a picture of the editing timeline for this and like 
there are these like longer pieces of, of clips and then like a lot of little tiny ones. And that's all the flying sequences. Like that's just <laughs> so like, like I would love to like deep dive into that. Um, yes. I wonder how long they had to film like planes in the well, air to get these exact actually, things. Uh, something, something that I read that there's actually, I, I, I forget which Lord of the Rings movie it is, but they, they used more film than the longest Lord of the Rings uncut version to make. Wow. This. Mm-hmm. That's I'm amazing. not surprised. No. Yeah. Um, that and all of the, uh, the actors had to learn how to do their own sound lighting makeup uh, when they were the- in the planes. And the director had no idea what kind of shots they were getting until they landed again a few hours later. Weird. Yeah. Um, was, was Tom Cruise flying his own plane? Because I think he's got a pilot license. They were oh, where they? Okay. I mean, I Tom, he's listed in the credits as Top Gun number one, uh, Tom Cruise under stunts. So that's so weird. So I wonder what he did. He probably tried. He got probably did more than he probably should have <laughs> as a as an actor. Um, but that's why that's why you go to a Tom Cruise movie to see what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the things that I enjoy most about the first Top Gun is the soundtrack. I want to talk about the soundtrack to this one a little bit. Were there any musical moments in here that stood out to you guys? The opening. It's the, the opening. I love that. The, the, I love that. The, the opening I theme. It. Yeah, I love it, and and it comes up again and again, and I just really like it. Ryan, how about you? I'm starting to really hate the song. Like there, there are a lot of cool moments with a lot of really good songs in this, but the Mm -hmm. one that impacted, I feel like me the most for the character is when uh, Tom is when Maverick sees rooster singing great balls of fire at the bar. And yeah, I mean, just, just, just for the connection of him seeing, you know, Goose's son doing that and everyone else singing along, which I love that whole montage, actually, of all of the younger pilots meeting each other at the bar and yeah. all their back and forth. I really, really enjoyed that because that that part to me cemented the fact like, OK, this isn't just a Tom Cruise movie like mm-hmm. these are also co-main characters, pretty much. It's it's. Um, it's not just all about him. Yeah, I think it was just about as equal to the other pilots in the original Top Gun as well, like mm-hmm. Iceman. Like I think you, they get a, maybe a little bit more development than Iceman did, instead of just being the antagonist. But you still have like the, the one guy who's just like Hangman is still just the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. you don't get much depth from him. Depth from him. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I really enjoy the. Uh, the double football sequence because they couldn't, they couldn't do, they couldn't do volleyball again. So they had them do offense and defense football uh, with the one Republic song. I ain't worried about it. And part of the reason I enjoy that so much is the behind the scenes story about that is nuts. They they, don't know this Tom Cruise uh, in the production, like talk to the the main guy from one, one Republic whose name I'm blanking on right now. And they talked about doing a song. They needed a song for the sequence. So they get off a call with him and he, later that night he sends them a song he sends them this song and like the next morning he gets a phone call from Tom Cruise like we cut it into the movie and it works perfectly like how oh. long have, how long have you been sitting on that he's like oh I wrote that last night what and if you listen to it closely it's a different version in the movie than what they released so I think they kept that most of that original version in the movie weird yeah i mean it's very very cool yeah uh and then there's a lady gaga song on the credits like <laughs> i i missed it i totally yeah. missed it the, the lady gaga did the bout the power ballad for this which i think my some of my favorite lady gaga songs are the power ballads that she does um yeah. because what else she's good she's yeah. she's got a great <laughs> voice um there's something in this movie that I want to talk about. Cause I got a little bit emotional thinking like doing prep for this today because I was like, Oh wow, this is going to be uh 
interesting part of the conversation. I want to talk about Iceman. Uh, I knew it. I wanted to talk about that too. Um, because I knew going like when they announced this, like, well, I don't think you're going to get Val Kilmer because of his yeah. health condition. Uh, if you, if you don't know, Val Kilmer has been suffering from throat cancer for the last few years. I think he's in remission now, but he does, he can't talk. He's very much lost his voice. Uh, the documentary that they did with him is a, a lot of his voice in that is, um, computer generated AI stuff. Um, so when I they saw when I saw that he was in this movie, I was like, I, I'm really curious how they're going to pull this off. And I think they did it fairly well. Like, I, I, I didn't think they would go the route of he's just texting Iceman the whole time, <laughs> but it worked for me. What did you guys think of the, the inclusion of Iceman in this, given the circumstances? I thought that when they when they first did the, the texting knowing what's going on with Val Kilmer. Yeah. I was like, okay, totally get why they're texting. Kind of odd that, you know, Maverick being how old the character is, is actually texting, you know, you know, whatever. But then when he went to go to the house and they showed him, I thought it was really cool that like, oh, okay. So they're not shying away from the health issue that this actor has. They're using it for the character so he can play the role. That's excellent. And I honestly thought that because of, and I honestly believe because of the length of time between both movies, it would make sense for how old they are for one of them to possibly have a health issue along these lines. They don't Mm -hmm. explain it for the character. They just give you, he can't talk. And when he does, it's extremely hoarse. Yeah. I mean, that was the part that got me, though, was when he started talking. I was like, I started tearing up a bit. I was like, wow. I I didn't know that happened. Um, really? I knew he shows up in the movie. I didn't know he was going to talk. Um, and part of the reason I like I was like, oh, this is going to be a this is going to be painful to talk about mm-hmm. is because of the Kevin Conroy just passing. Like I, I'm doing a tribute show for him after we get off of here. And like, those are my Batmans. And like, I had the realization today that Val Kilmer is probably next. And I respect him so much as an actor and Batman forever. Like, uh, you can't see it behind me. Like, I don't have a poster up here, but I have a poster in my office. Like that's, that's the Batman movie that got me into the character. The animated series is what got me into the character as well. Like those two are like connected to me. And like, I, I know the day is going to come sooner rather than later, but it's just, it's, it's silly that these are just actors that I get so invested in, but like, I'm so like, I've enjoyed the, 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 those works so much. And it's not even just the Batman for Val Kilmer. It's, it's uh kiss, kiss, bang, bang. It's, um, it's top gun. Like it's just Val Kilmer. Like, I don't think I've seen anything with him in it that I didn't like. Um, Saint. <laughs> I, and that, and that, that might be because I haven't seen the Island of Dr. Monroe. Monroe so, um, I actually liked that one, believe it or not. Have you seen the documentary on that? Like the behind the nope. scenes stuff? You should. Nope. It's insane what happened on that movie. Um, okay. But yeah, I just... I really enjoy Val Kilmer and mm-hmm. I'm glad they were able to include him in this. Um, I'm, I, I get why they had to kill off Iceman in case there is going to be a Top Gun three, which uh, looking at the box office is probably going to be a Top Gun three uh, <laughs> there. where, the, where they just, it's a, the next one's going to be a air a plane battle in the snow. Oh, yeah. so they're so just going to go the fast and furious route with a, <laughs> that's how they're going to handle no, it. They go no, to space. The, the big space, this big battle is going to be at the beginning in snow. And then, mm-hmm. they, then your main characters are going to get scattered around the galaxy uh, uh, country. And then <laughs> the fourth movie is they're going to have the, the trench run again, but this time it's going to be bigger. <laughs> It'll be the great Canyon. And then yeah. 20 yeah. years from now, there's just going to be a whole country. That's a trench run that they have to do. <laughs> Uh, and then they're gonna they're gonna do another one where 
the the last one just doesn't count at all. Okay. <laughs> so I want to talk about how badly this movie aged me. Okay. okay. Like I'm I'm starting to get to the point. Like I'm in my late 30s, and I'm getting into the point where like I see stuff in film. I see stuff in the news and then there's the reality that like, Oh crap, I'm going to have spent more time out of high school than I did from when I was born to when I graduated high school. Like I'm getting to that point. Oh no. And like of like realization for it. And for this movie, one of those times when they talk about oh, no, I can't remember the the the, the F four uh, um, the F sixteens the, yeah. the F fifteen the the ones with the wings go like that whatever yeah. I can't remember the, the the model number but anyway I had models of those when I was a kid I had micro machines of those like Top Gun was out that was like one of that was like the standard fighter jet for the U S Air Force when I was a kid like to me. That is still, like, a fancy plane. Like, that's still a, you know, a modern fighter, you know, American bomber jet. Like, that's how I still see those. And then in this movie, they're like, this thing's an antique. I can't get this thing on. What am I supposed to do? And, you know, like, roosters in the back are talking about how, like, antiquated the, the, you know, the thing is. And making, like, oh, it's a museum piece. And I'm sitting there going, what? It's, It's not that old. It's, like, 15, 20. And then I'm like... 15 20 i'm like oh my god it's old it's old it's an old plane it's out of date it belongs in a museum like that was one of those moments um um as i had doing during this but i loved how they showed what a fifth gen fighter plane probably one of like the fifth gen fighter jets is what they were talking about going up against Mm mm-hmm in this movie and more than likely this this like fifth generation of like fighter jet is probably going to be the last manned fighter jets after this it's all going to be remote control or just drone control with like advanced ai in it um and what i loved that they showed was the capability of these planes and i Devin, this might be what you were talking about the whole double helix like i have no idea what that means so i'm just going to assume that's what you were talking about but i loved how they showed that it took immense skill for maverick's character to even do half of the maneuvers that the fifth gen jet could do especially the one where rooster's flipping out going how did it do that because it literally stopped in midair yep and went vertical and like twirled sideways as they blew past it mm-hmm. and that's because the the tail fins on the back of the jet are longer on the fifth gen ones than normal so it can actually direct the exhaust in more extreme angles really really quickly and that's how it can do those crazy maneuvers to where tom cruise had to like extend the wings pull back the exhaust (laughs) and do all these crazy things to even do half of what the enemy planes were doing i didn't know that about the the tail tail wings and thank you for telling me because i i I was just like it did exist fancier yeah, but like, I didn't know why. I grew up with a book that sure. had a list. It, it came out in like 93 or 92. It was like maybe like an inch thick. And you know those like museum white books that we got as kids that would like oh, put yeah. stuff down? I had one of those, but it was designed for marine and naval equipment. And they had oh, wow. fighter jets in it. So so like so like the F-15, F-16. So I still, I think I still have that somewhere. Um where it talks about all these planes. I mean, hell, the fighter jet, the Phantom, that they used in like uh, um, in the Vietnam War, I still consider that to be a modern jet. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, just between us, you still got it, man. You didn't age your day. You still look yeah. great. You still got it. Honestly, Ryan, when you said late 30s, I was like, that can't be right. And I did the math on my phone. I was like, Oh wow! I didn't realize. I did the same I'm, thing. I'm not, I pulled up gonna, the calculator too. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna out you. But like, <laughs> oh wow! That, no, I will. We, <laughs> I'm 37. I'll be 38 this coming June. Like this is one of those things where, like, I'm starting to get to the point where, like, my favorite Blink 182 album is Enema of the State. Look up what year that came out, and then guess I how just, I feel about it. Just love that you started with my favorite Blink 182 album. <laughs> 
that's the album it was that came out in middle school. I was in fifth grade. Uh, I'm not going to bring up that band. Name. If, I'm not, not going to say that band name. No, I'm not going to say that on it, the air. I'm not gonna say. If you put like a hundred dollars into a uh, a savings account back when that album came out and went to withdrawal today, you still want to be able to afford Blink One Eighty Two tickets. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it, it's but but at at the same time. My parents wanted to go see like Elton John and, you know, people that were popular when they were in high school and college when, you know, in the 90s. Yeah. Because, you know, these people were popular in like the 70s. And I remember my parents complaining that they couldn't afford to go see Elton John when he went through St. Louis when I was a kid because because the tickets were so expensive. So I was kind of expecting something like this to happen. But I but. But I mean, at the same time, I wasn't expecting seats in the very last row in the nosebleeds to be a hundred plus dollars each. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's where tough. it's a bit much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna go. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I would love I, to go. All right, we, I would got, love to, but I'm not doing it either. Yeah, we've got to wrap this up. Uh, mm-hmm. Last thing I have for you guys is: Would you see a Top Gun three? And do you want? Do you? Would you want to wait another? almost 30 years for a sequel. Yes. <laughs> My gosh. If like 90 year old Tom Cruise is like the dangerous out. Like, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I would prefer it sooner than yeah. that, but the only way that I could see that working is if they incorporate, um, rooster and that horrible mustache. Um, into like get Tom Cruise get 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 you know get Rooster and like either halfway through the beginning of the movie or or at the legit halfway point of the movie like change hands of the story narrative like change 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 the story narrative from being about Tom Cruise his character into Rooster's character but, but, I mean, like I said, realistically speaking, we're talking about the next 25, 30 years. This is the last of manned fighter aircraft. So yeah. I don't really know where they could go with this unless they're talking about, like, I'm going to be the best drone pilot and just a bunch of people sitting still going. Well, like that. It, like it's, I, <laughs> it's very clear in this movie that they do not specify who the enemy is. Yes. Uh, so I'm curious if things were to go south in a few different areas around the world, you could probably do a sequel where you name the enemy and have it be part of that conflict if there were didn't, to be one. Didn't they name Iran no. at the beginning of this? No. I thought they said that the bunker no. at the beginning was they, Iran. No, they don't name it at all. I know later in the movie they say rogue state. Yeah. They don't they don't say what country at all. Because they wanted this to play in every box office around the world, unlike would, unlike all the superhero movies which have not played in China. So. Yeah, because um, very specifically, I'm just going to say it. Uh, there is a uh, flag. I believe it's the Taiwanese, yes, Taiwan the, flag. Yeah, that is not on uh, uh, Maverick's uh, coat that was in the first one. Yeah, because of that, mm-hmm. that was that. China's thing that they didn't want that flag on the coat. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Paramount wants that money, so they're like, okay. Whereas <laughs> Disney and Warner Bros. Like, you know what? We're not gonna like. We won't pander to you. Yeah, like the demand for Spider-Man No Way Home was, uh, can you take out the Statue of Liberty? What? It's like that's like the whole focal point of the film. Like that's that's the ending. Like, no, we can't do that. Um, yeah but all right i think that does it for our conversation on uh that's spider-man spider-man maverick uh devin next week it is your pick what are you gonna have us watch you guys are going to watch confess fletch confess fletch yes because i want to hear your thoughts it was the what i watched where we watched this it's just called confess fletch i i cannot wait to hear your two john hams back to back okay Oh, can't get enough of that, man. I sat in his seat once. We'll have to talk about that, too. Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. 
It's a shame that we can't do like Ryan's pick in between and like have have a ham sandwich, but <laughs> uh, gross. I'm not being a part of that. <laughs> uh anyway, to hear our conversation on Confess Fletch next week. Uh, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, hopefully still Amazon Podcasts after all that Jeff Bezos slander at the beginning of the show. Uh, if I don't even know if that made the show. That, that might have been the pre-roll stuff. Um, but you can follow us on uh, Twitch to see our live streams. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on our older streams like our Weird Al Yankovic uh movies episode from last week where we tried all of the food that Devin brought from London. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And I think that about does it for you. Have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I feel the need, I feel the need for a nap. We'll see you next week. <laughs> that is what Maverick would say. Yeah. So, we're clear. I um I ended the pod the Black Panther podcast the other night with uh, Josh by saying Wakanda forever, and then I I stopped the 